0: Welcome to The Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self-reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self-discovery, and self-care, and how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hi, everybody, it's Katherine Andrews, and welcome back to the Sunday Soother, a podcast where we discuss compassionate, personal growth, authentic living, and we do it from the lens of being a highly sensitive person. I'm here today with what I, in my head, think will be a short podcast, but you never know with me, Um, because I wanted to talk about (laughs) the very light, easy topic of uh, core emotional wounds and how to begin healing them through shadow work. And I wanted to do this. um, You know, whatever I'm talking about on the podcast is usually kind of coming up in my life and my clients lives. At the time I'm thinking about it, I see these as as a theme. And I've been doing a lot of um, shadow work on myself and with my clients. And I figured it might be interesting to you too, because you may have heard the term shadow work, you may be coming into awareness that you have some significant triggers or activations around emotional issues for you. And you might be ready to figure out how to come back into wholeness around those things. Um, I wanted to start by reading an excerpt from a book by Michael Singer, and the book is called The Untethered Soul, because when I read this section, it's, it's a pretty long excerpt, so it's going to take me a, a minute to read it, but I think it will be of value. Anyways, when I read it in his book, when I first read The Untethered Soul, it it was just one of the best explanations I'd ever heard of core emotional wounds and all the things that we do to try to avoid those core emotional wounds being uh, touched or activated or brought to light and all the ways in which we contort our lives so that those wounds um, don't get touched and it's he calls it the thorn metaphor the inner thorn So I'm not going to try to explain it. I'm just going to read it. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about my perspective about it afterwards and how you can kind of begin discovering your own thorn or wound and the healing around it. So, again, this is an excerpt from The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And the chapter is called The Inner Thorn. Imagine that you have a thorn in your arm that directly touches a nerve. When the thorn is touched, it's very painful. Because it hurts so much, the thorn is a serious problem. It's difficult to sleep because you roll over on it. It sometimes makes it hard to get close to people because they might touch it. It makes your daily life very difficult. You can't even go for a walk in the woods because you might brush the thorn against the branches. This thorn is a constant source of disturbance, and to solve the problem, you only have two choices. The first choice is to look at your situation and decide that since it's so disturbing, when things touch the thorn you need to make sure nothing touches it. The second choice is to decide that since it's so disturbing when things touch the thorn, you need to take it out. Believe it or not, the effects of the choice you make will determine the course of the rest of your life. Let's begin with the first choice and explore how it will affect your life. If you decide you have to keep things from touching the thorn, then that becomes the work of a lifetime. If you want to go for a walk in the woods, you'll have to thin out the branches to make sure you don't brush against them. Since you often roll over and touch the thorn when you sleep, you'll have to find a solution for that as well. Perhaps you could design an apparatus that acts as a protective device. If you really put a lot of energy into it and your solution seemed to work, you would think that you had solved your problems. You might even catch your mind saying, now I have inner peace. And if I want to, I can set myself up as a psychotherapist or a healer or a life coach or a writer of self-help books. And anybody who has the thorn problem can get my protective device. I even get to make a living from selling it to others in some way. So now you've got a whole life built around this thorn and you're proud of it. You keep the woods thinned out and you wear the apparatus to bed at night. But now you have a new problem. You fall in love or you embark on a project that is meaningful or important to you. This is a problem because in your situation, it's hard to even hug, hard to even do a little of your project without being filled with all sorts of worrying thoughts. Nobody can touch you because they might touch the thorn. Any thought can bring all our deepest dreams and desires crashing down around our ears. Your self-esteem is always on the line. So in the first case, perhaps you design another kind of device that allows closeness amongst people without actually touching. In the second case, you maybe give up on the thing you love doing and settle for something else, something that doesn't touch your thorns. But eventually you decide you want total mobility without having to worry about the thorn anymore. So now you, which is to say your mind, makes a full-time device that doesn't have to be unstrapped at night or changed over for hugging or other daily activities, but it's heavy. So you put your wheels on it control it with hydraulics, and install collision sensors. It's actually quite an impressive thing. Of course, you had to change the doors in the house so that the protective apparatus could get through. But at least now you can live your life. You can go to work, go to sleep, and get close to people. So you announce to everyone, I have solved my problem, I am a free being. I can go anywhere I want, I can do anything I want. This thorn used to run my life, now it doesn't run anything. The truth is, the thorn still completely runs your entire life. It affects all your decisions, including where you go, whom you're comfortable with, and who's comfortable with you. It determines where you're allowed to work, what house you can live in, and what kind of bed you can sleep on at night. When it's all said and done, that thorn is running every aspect of your life. Why is this? Well, perhaps a life protecting ourselves from our problems is in some way a perfect reflection of the problem itself. We don't actually solve anything by doing this, not in the long term. Though short term, it can be quite a relief. But if we don't solve the root cause of the problem, but instead attempt to protect ourselves from the problem, it will probably end up running our lives. We end up so psychologically mindfully fixated on the problem that we literally can't see the forest for the trees. And yet we feel that because we've minimized the pain of it to some extent, we've solved the problem. But it is not solved. All we have done is devote our life to avoiding it. It is now the center of our universe. It's all there is, and we think about it and talk about it a great, great deal. So that's the excerpt, and I recommend you read the whole book because it's kind of a classic spiritual self-help book. And um, Singer has a way of, of writing things in simple metaphors that make complex spiritual and mindfulness practices pretty relatable. But what I want to focus on today is the thorn, because what I see in, in my own life and in that of my clients and, and most humans is that we all have one to, to many thorns. And instead of being with the thorn and extracting the thorn, which is a painful process and a daunting one, we are building these cages around our thorns. And that's how we're getting through life. So I want to give you kind of some examples, because even though I I really like Singer's words there, and I think it makes it clear, it's still a little abstract. And so I want to give you a hypothetical example and then an example from my own life about a thorn and how it can be playing out in your life. Um, so when you have a thorn, it's a core emotional wound that happened to you in childhood. And I find that many of us have a worthlessness thorn. Something in childhood happened to convince us that we were bad, we were worthless, we were not worthy of love or acceptance. And that's a very deep, painful thorn for many of us. And because we had to survive, we built this cage around the thorn. In particular, I deal with a lot of women who struggle with dating. And so the thorn is our our wound of worthlessness. And the cage we build around it is trying to get in a relationship to prove to ourselves that we're not worthless, that we are deserving of love. So your entire life, as mine was certainly for many years in my 30s, Becomes fixated on getting into a relationship and sustaining that relationship and having that relationship feel good and look good to other people and be societally acceptable as the cage so that our worthlessness wound doesn't get activated. So we're on the apps all the time, we're going on dates all the time, we're draining ourselves trying to find a person to, to prove to ourselves that we're accepted. So that's one way that you have a thorn, one of, of worthlessness, and the cage, which is the fixation on dating and getting and staying in relationships to prove your own worthiness. Another thorn that might come up is that of um, anger. You, you may have a wound And a sense that you have some deep well of rage within you because of any events that happened in your childhood. And the cage that you build would be like an obsessive meditation practice or not being around people um, or a certain type of people or not being in particular situations that you know would set you off and bring that rage to the surface. And you can see here that sometimes the cage is necessary, right? You – you are doing it as a coping and protective mechanism that is is helping you for for many years and, you know, in a lot of good ways too. And usually with the thorn, like whether it's the core wound of worthlessness or the core wound of of rage or any other thing, um, there comes a time in your life when you're sensing the cage that you've built around the thorn is actually harming your life instead of enriching it and enhancing it. And you get curious about the thorn itself and you want to try to, you might try to build different cages or try different tactics of not having the thorn brushed. Um, and you find that those may provide temporary relief, but they don't get to the root cause either. So my thorn, like this was a really powerful um, healing process for me was looking at a thorn that I had of, I would say worthlessness was at the core of it, but um, kind of humiliation was maybe a more accurate term for that. Um, I have a real othered complex, like feeling left out or left behind or discarded. Um, that's one of the things in which like my, my wound of worthlessness can manifest thinking that people are going to leave me or abandon me or pick me over for pick, throw me over for somebody new. Um, and I have a lot of reasons in my childhood and even into my early adulthood that were proving that true to me. And so I tried to build cages around that of, um of that, like don't abandon me, don't leave me, don't other me sort of wound by not getting very close to a lot of people, even in romantic relationships, which I was desperately fixated on. um, Eventually, almost always keeping people at arm's length in a lot of ways, because if I could never get truly deeply close to somebody, whether it was a friend or a family member or a romantic prospect, then I could never be left behind. um, Or you know, chosen, have somebody else chosen over me or whatever. So that was my cage, was keeping a lot of people at arm's length. And it it works for a while, right? It works for a while. That's why we build these cages around these thorns. But it begins to affect your life and you sense that there is a, a deeper, richer way of living that you might be blocking by having this cage around you. So you do the work of acknowledging the thorn, um, being with the thorn, and eventually extracting the thorn, which is quite um, painful, but is also quite cathartic and cleansing. And that's kind of what I consider shadow work, is the process of the surgery to remove the thorn. Um, Shadow work is, you know, often talked about as kind of the integration and embrace of the darker sides of our personality, the things that we're, that we fear being judged about. And I think it is a huge part of that too. And I think shadow work is also delving into the shadows of our psyche, where we carry these thorns and these wounds and being brave enough to bring them up to the light, to acknowledge the ways in which they've been incredibly painful. And then ideally with the, um the help of a, of a skilled mentor or a coach or therapist or guide, begin the process of extracting that thorn. And that can look different for everybody, but I wanted to explain to you like how I have, and I don't think it's all the way out. Like the thorn is still there a little bit, but we got a lot of it out (laughs) about how my mentor um, helped me to do the shadow work to extract my thorn of um, humiliation, abandonment being, being left. She, she, Used a process that I don't exactly know where it's from or what it's called, but it. Um, she asked me, and this is after several months of working together. And I want to advise when you kind of begin shadow work, or if you if you're interested in what I'm talking about, it's really not something you want to just dive into all by yourself because a lot of times it can be super painful, and it's something that you want to do after having really grounded your nervous system and learned the process of regulating your emotions and thoughts because it can be super, super activating and overwhelming, right? You're going back. I mean, think it's like doing shadow work without the proper grounding and without the proper guidance of a good solid mentor is like trying to perform dental surgery on yourself. (laughs) You just don't want to do it. It would be awful Um, without like anesthesia also. Um, So if this is something that's calling to you, I would right now start your your preventative nervous system work and and start your thought and emotional regulation work. And if you go back in my podcast archives, I have um, guidance on how to begin doing those things. Anyway, so we've been working together for several months and I've been working a lot on my nervous system and my emotions and other aspects. And um, then for my assignment one month, she asked me to just keep track of like emotionally triggering events that were going on in my life. Um, and we were going to use one of them as kind of like a breadcrumb back to my my core wound, to my thorn. And, you know, the universe always delivers. I had a very activating event that I'm not going to describe in detail because it's like, you know, my life. I keep some things private. And um, But it was the perfect opportunity for me to explore the sense of worthlessness and humiliation. Something happened in my life that spun me out like crazy and made me feel worthless and humiliated and she walked me through a process of and this is like a two-hour process so this isn't something like you just journal in five minutes but like going back in time to the first time i could remember feeling that same way and what came up for me was a time when i was rejected on the playground by my best friend and she left me to develop a friendship with somebody else when i was about nine and we explored that moment for a while, all the things that arose for me in my you know, beautiful little nine-year-old self at that moment, all the feelings that came up, all the panic and the confusion, all the things that I immediately started thinking about myself at that moment, all of the things that I immediately started doing from that moment on in order to not experience that loneliness and that humiliation and that confusion again. And she continued to walk me through, through those elements and some understanding. And we spent some time kind of discussing how that continued to show up in my life throughout my adulthood. Um, and then we also explored who I was before that moment. Right. And all of the things that I thought I couldn't be because I had to build this cage of like polished perfection, of being cool, of working hard to prove my worth, of never getting close to friends again. um, And who I had been suppressing at my core, all of the elements of myself that I knew or I believed from that moment of nine years old on that I couldn't be because that was me building the cage. So things like my goofiness or my weirdness or my intensity or you know the fact that I, I talk a lot um, and that I'm, like I said, I, I want to go deep with everybody I know. Those were things, my earnestness, <laughs> those were things I had kind of suppressed from that moment on. And we were able to go through this beautiful, like really elegant process that I hope I can get certified in one day. Um, of looking at who I had been before that moment and then all of the false beliefs that I had built after that moment and learning how I could integrate the wound that happened, aka kind of heal it and you know stitch it up in a healthy way. So it left a scar, but it wasn't a gaping wound anymore. And how I could begin to go back into wholeness of who I was before that wound happened also, but with the learnings and the beliefs and the experience and the knowledge that I had acquired since then. So it was really powerful for me, very emotional, right? To go back and it kind of is its a scary prospect to go back to those moments of original woundings because for most of us, they still feel totally real and totally present. But doing that was kind of like the extraction of the thorn. And it just felt so cathartic and cleansing afterwards. And it just I could sense in in the the weeks and the months after that process that I was coming more into who I had always been and discarding the cage. Um, I was able to embrace more of all of those characteristics, my earnestness, my weirdness, my goofiness, um, my authenticity. Those were coming to the forefront again after years of me having built the cage um, to try to keep those parts of me uh, hidden, you know, my vulnerability was coming more to the forefront. I was more willing to try to be an authentic relationship with people and not keep people at such arm's length too. So that was kind of, that's kind of where I want to leave today, but I know that many of you will be curious about this process. And what I want to offer you is if you're interested in finding out your own thorns, um, you simply have to notice your triggers and Those are breadcrumbs to healing. When we get triggered or activated, what happens is we have an outsized sense of an emotion in proportion to the thing that actually happened. So maybe you get in a minor tiff with a sibling, but you're, you're ruminating and crying about it for hours afterwards, or maybe you get um, mild criticism or constructive criticism at work and It just feels like your entire universe has collapsed around you. Or maybe your partner does something and you find yourself screaming at them and you're like, what? You know, like an hour later, you're like, what was that? I felt like something took over my body. Um, Or you have a fight with a friend or a date doesn't work out and you go home dejected, like extra dejected. These things, like for me, the most important breadcrumb triggers are the moments when you're like, I know that my emotion is outsized to the thing that's happening. And yet I seem to have no control over it because that's your thorn getting touched. That's why it's so painful. So starting there and simply for now, not trying to do anything about it, except observe when your thorn gets touched and AKA you get super triggered and get really curious and journal about the trigger experience afterwards. Don't shame yourself for getting triggered. It happens, right? It's because you've got this thorn. It's not because you're a bad person. (laughs) You have a core wound that's being brushed up against. That's all that's happening. There is no use in shaming yourself for it, okay? But getting curious and observant, Um, and possibly journaling about the trigger afterwards. What thoughts were running through your mind? What was the emotional or somatic experience that you were having? How did things feel in your body when you felt that trigger start to arise? Did you notice a quickening in your breath or a tightness in your chest? Did you start to turn red or sweat or get hot? Or perhaps the opposite, you got cold and you shut down and you got small. Noticing those things, right? And then simply keeping a log for a few weeks or a few months of these triggers. And then trying to find an underlying or common theme between any of them. Um, And then from there, asking yourself the question, what does this remind me of when I was young? Where, Where might this have come from? And just starting there, right? And then, you know, that's a lot to do on your own. Just getting familiar with the landscape of this thorn and like where it has wounded you will be a great start. And then considering um taking it from there w- with a guide or a coach or somebody who can really tend to you and hold space for you, right? Like when you're do when you're doing shadow work with somebody who who is talented in this modality, they're able to hold non-judgmental space for you. They're able to guide you gently to be with the thorn. They're able to take their time. You know, you feel safe. Your nervous system feels safe around them. They're able to give you guidance on how to ground and center yourself through this process. And they, they have no judgment around what's arising for you. They instead have enormous compassion um, for you as you go through this process because it's truly, I think, one of the bravest things you can do. So that's it for today. I just wanted to introduce the concept of the thorn to you. And I'd love to hear, you know, what is your thorn? We all have them. So there's nothing wrong with having a thorn. Um, But you do want to acknowledge if it exists for you and begin taking the steps to extract it because that's how you begin to live sort of a deeper, richer, more whole life, which is what all of you deserve. I'd love to hear from you. You can DM me on Instagram at Katherine Andrews and I will talk to you soon. Take care. That's it for this week's Sunday Seether. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at Katherine Andrews and find out more about the Sunday Soother at thesundayseether.com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at katherinedandrews.com. Have a great day ahead.